KYW Original Podcasts. This is KYW In-Depth. I'm Carol McKenzie. Many of you have taken a big hit to your personal finances, and getting credit has become more difficult. Well, FICO has come up with a new tool for lenders to figure out who is creditworthy in these difficult times. Beverly Harzog is the credit card expert and consumer finance analyst for U.S. News and World Report. So, you know, as if we weren't under enough financial stress already. My first reaction when I heard this was there's something else now to worry about, something, you know, we have to measure. And that is FICO's new resilience index. Um, I don't know if my fears are founded, but could we start off by having you explain exactly what this is? Sure. And uh, there's really no cause for great concern with this. This is just an extra tool that FICO came up with to help lenders decide who is creditworthy and who is not. Uh, right now, because there were so many people in hardship programs, credit card issuers have had a hard time figuring out what, uh, which consumers are creditworthy. Okay, because some, for right now, some consumers have lower credit scores than they otherwise would have because of pandemic-related uh, money issues. So the FICO Resilience Index, it's an analytical tool for the lenders. This is not a new credit score. And I think, you know, one reason we get kind of, uh, you know, uh, concerned about, you know, some new score thing that comes out from FICO is because we think it's going to, you know, change our FICO score. But this is just an index. So what this is, uh, it, it ranges from 1 to, I believe, 99. Uh, if you have a resilience index number that's uh, 44 or below, you're considered very resilient. And what they mean by resilient is that you adjust well to your changing circumstances, okay? And in this case, we're talking about, you know, adjusting to the financial changes in your life. Maybe you lost hours at work. Maybe you lost your job, okay? Maybe you're dealing with unemployment. Uh, but this helps the lenders decide if you're actually a good risk, even if your FICO score doesn't, doesn't suggest that. So what, what, um, what things do they use to measure that, your resiliency? Okay, FICO is going to look at four different qualities to determine your index number. Uh, they're looking at, you know, whether or not you have experience managing credit. Uh, so someone who's brand new to credit has a little disadvantage here, of course. Uh, but if you've had credit for a while, uh, you know, and you've managed it well, <laughs> okay, this isn't a situation where if you've just got history, that's all that counts. It needs to be a pretty good history. Uh, another thing they're going to look at uh, is how much uh, do you re- your revolving balances? Uh, there's this thing called a credit utilization ratio. It's the amount of credit that you've used compared to the amount of credit you have available. Now, you want to have a low ratio, which means 30% or less. And I'll just give you a quick little example uh, to make it a little bit clearer. If you have a credit limit of 1000 and you uh, like you know, buy items, uh, and let's say your balance is $300, that's 30%. Okay. Now, if 30% is the gold standard, but lower than that is always much better. In, in fact, when I speak with uh, consumers who are, you know, uh, trying to increase their FICO score as quickly as possible, I say keep it below 10%. So if you have a history of keeping your revolving balances fairly low during the month, then that looks good for you. Another issue is 
the number of credit inquiries you've had in the past year. And the reason they're looking at this, and you may have completely legitimate reasons for applying for four credit cards. <laughs> I mean, you could have a great credit score and uh, you're looking for sign-up bonuses or you're just one of those people that likes to target different rewards, you know. But if you've had a lot of inquiries in the past year, the credit card issuers, especially during a time like this, you know, where so many people have money worries, uh, they're going to worry that you're desperate for credit. So having a lower number of inquiries in the past year is going to look good for you with this resilience index. And finally, they want to look at the number of active accounts. And again, this this isn't, um, you know, what you would call exactly fair, because maybe you have a reason for having all these accounts, or maybe you have 40 years of credit history, you know, and you've never closed, you know, these, these accounts, and you just keep opening new ones. Um, and maybe you're doing great. But right now, okay, the resilience index number is not going to look fondly on you having a large number of active accounts. So that's what this number uh is looking at that's what the um, resilience index means, uh, but it it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to help you or not help you because it's up to the lender to decide if they want to use it. So how do you just a, a little uh, you know what you just mentioned about fewer active accounts because I was always told you never want to close out a, an account because mm-hmm. that looks bad too. So what do you mm-hmm. do about that if you if you have you know how how many are too many and what should you do if you have too many? Mm-hmm. You know, Carol, that is a great question, and, uh, you know, there's usually a, a lot of mystery around credit, <laughs> and we've got some mystery around the active accounts as well, because I can't really give you an exact number, but I will say that I do not recommend you going out and closing accounts to try to make your index number better, because chances are, okay, this isn't going to impact you at all, the, um, the most likely use for this index number will be if, let's say, you're like right around prime, you know, let's say your FICO score is around 660 or so or 680, uh, you know, that's when your lender is more likely to try this uh, resilience index to see if you are a good bet, okay? If you already have a 700 or 750 FICO score, I wouldn't change anything. I would try to get it up to 760 (laughs) because that's where you get the best rates. But in terms of your uh, resilience index, I would not even worry about that. You know, so if you've got a score in the 600s and you're applying for credit, it might uh, it might help you or hurt you depending on uh, how you do on the qualities I just discussed. And with the number of active accounts, if you've already got a lot of accounts, um, and you know, I'm sorry I can't give you an exact number, but mm-hmm. let's say you've got a lot of active accounts and you're fairly new to credit, uh, the number for you is going to be different than the number of too many accounts for somebody that's had like 30 years of credit experience. So, you know, it, there's um, you know the FICO score tends to look at individual uh, you know factors when it looks at a credit report. Uh, you know, the algorithm kind of adjusts, and I believe this resilience index will do the same thing. So I don't think you can do anything to manipulate your way <laughs> to okay. a better index number. But if you're like got like a 650 credit score or 660, 670, and you're applying for credit and, and you feel good about being able to pay you know this back or use credit responsibly, you can mention it to your lender. Okay, but it's up to the lender to decide if they want to use that. But aren't these the same criteria that they use for your FICO score? And so that's, and if that's so, like how are they using those pieces of information differently. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that, that is a great point, Carol. And these are the type of credit habits that normally will, you know, help you earn, you know, an excellent credit score. Um, and um, so, you know, if you're doing the best you can to be credit worthy, okay, and that means paying all of your bills on time, okay, and that falls into the category of managing credit well, right? So if you're doing a good job, you know, with payment history, you're keeping uh, low utilization ratios on your credit card, um, and you know you've got a budget, you pay all your bills on time, you're not getting extended, you know, um, you know, and, and racking up uh, credit card debt, you know, all of these things. If you practice great credit habits, you're going to have a great. FICO score, and this resilience index is not going to impact you, most likely. Okay, this is a situation where if you've got fair credit or you're barely, you know, on the bubble between subprime and prime, which is around 660 FICO score, uh, that's when this index is going to mean something. And if you want to improve your index, you can start today just by uh, doing the, you know, the things I just mentioned, like, you know, paying all your bills on time, not just your credit card bill, but all of your bills on time, uh, and keeping low uh, utilization ratios. And hopefully, especially if you're applying for credit, you're not ha- you're not carrying credit card debt. Okay, you want to be able to pay those bills on time uh, and in full, just for your own, <laughs> uh, just for your own peace of mind and, and financial health. So uh, yeah, you're you're right. There's a there's definitely uh, a lot of overlap between getting a good index score and having a great FICO score. But that's what I was wondering. So if you are t- if your FICO score has taken a hit, wouldn't those same factors that caused your score to fall also cause you to have a not so great resiliency score? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a very good point as well. Uh, what they're hoping is that if you've had, you know, experience managing credit, let's say your problems, your your score has dropped because you've had a problem since the pandemic started, okay? And let's say you're in a hardship program uh, and you're just doing the best you can, you know, that's when the resilience index can come in and kind of give them an idea of how you've been in the past, Okay, so if you were trying to, uh, you know, apply for a credit card and they require, you know, great credit, but you're down at a 680, you're not going to get that card. Okay, but let's say they decide, okay, this person used to have great credit and now they've dropped. Let's check their resilience index number and see if what they've done in the past uh, helps boost them a little bit. Do we think that they're normally credit worthy? And that's where this index steps in. So maybe you don't look great today but you've had some experience managing credit successfully in the past. You've shown resilience to come back. And so that's what they're looking at with this index number. It's just, it, you know, it sounds almost a little subjective, but you do get a number from this, you know, based on the qualities, you know, that we've talked about. But this just gives you kind of an extra chance. It may help. It may not help. Mm-hmm. You know, it depends on what your, your, you know, your past uh, credit management has been like. So if you were great before the pandemic, you kind of get extra credit. So they are actually looking back at your history as opposed to the present. <laughs> That's an excellent way to put it, Carol. Uh, yes, you know, it's like, um, you know, it's they're trying to 
kind of give you a second chance. <laughs> your your credit doesn't look great today, but do you deserve a second chance? Because it looked great a few years ago. So, you know, the whole point of this is that uh, I think the credit industry is trying to give you the benefit of the doubt because, you know, these are trying times. These are not normal times. You know, there's a lot of financial anxiety going on out there as well. And uh, people that normally, you know, paid all their bills on time, maybe they're having a temporary problem with that, that things are starting to look up for them now that the business world is starting to, uh, you know, come back into play. I think we still have a long way to go, but I think things are getting better. And I think this index is meant to kind of give you a second look, you know, while you're going through a tough time. So was this, this was a direct result of the pandemic? Were they working on this pre-pandemic or is this Mm -hmm. an outcropping of that? You know, I'm not really sure uh, about the history of the index itself and when they started working on it, uh, but I do recognize that it's very timely right now because it's measuring, uh, you know, a quality, resilience that uh, no one was talking about this a year ago. <laughs> and now with credit card issuers having a difficult time, and we're seeing t- uh, credit tightening up, and by that I mean uh, credit card issuers are worried, they're anxious about giving people credit because of what's happening, you know, um, you know, job losses, uh, credit scores dropping a little bit, people uh, unemployed and now going back to work again, but are they going to be okay? Uh, so credit card issuers are having a hard time, uh, you know, pinpointing what your credit worthiness is, you know. Uh, and so I see FICO stepping in and saying, hey, we're going to give you this analytical tool to help you figure that out while you're going through this. So, you know, I think that FICO saw a need in the market, and maybe they've been working on this for a while, but the timeliness of introducing this to the market is really good. Yeah, I just, I read, I just read an article briefly that said credit card approvals are way down right now. Mm-hmm. They are, and that's what I mean by credit getting tight, you know, and uh, so, you know, this resilience index, if you're one of those that's on the bubble, uh, normally maybe you'd get approved, but now you're not. The resilience index, you know, might help you. Depends on your history. Why? Why is credit good? Like why? You know, you think we talk about people getting into debt and perhaps getting mm-hmm. into trouble with credit cards, but yet they're trying mm-hmm. to find a way to help people by giving them, you know, more more loans, more credit cards. Mm-hmm. So why is that a good thing? Okay, that's an excellent question, and I'm glad you asked that. Right now, I'm working on a column called Why Credit is Important. (laughs) (laughs) I read your mind. (laughs) I want to just get back to basics for a minute. (laughs) And it's not that, um, well, okay, of of course, credit card issuers like it when, you know, we carry a balance and they get um, interest. I mean, that's profit for them. They're for-profit companies, okay? But it's up to the individual to know how to handle credit uh, responsibly and use it to your advantage, okay? And right now, uh, while people are experiencing some financial hardship, it might sound counterproductive to give them credit, but if they can use it responsibly to help them get out of a hole that they got into over the last couple of months, uh, you know, this can help them uh, and keep them from falling further down that rabbit hole of financial despair, <laughs> okay? Yeah. 
let's say you're in a, a hardship program and you had some deferred payments and now they're coming due, okay, well, that helped you get through a rough couple of months, uh, but you've somehow got to make it through the rest of the year. And, you know, it's it's crazy. We're only halfway through 2020, but it feels like the longest year ever, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> so, yes. you know, we're, we're at a point where, you know, some of these benefits are starting to run out. You know, the CARES Act expires. Uh, many parts of it expire on July 31st. People that were getting that extra employment, uh, the extra $600 for unemployment, uh, you know, that's set to expire unless Congress comes back and does something pretty quickly. And I think they reconvene on the 20th. I've been following this very closely. And it's going to be tight as to whether or not they can do something by that if they're planning to do something at all with that extra $600. So, you know, what credit can do is just help you survive, you know, that in-between time between when you've got uh, bills that you have to pay today and the time in a next, in, say, a couple of months from now, when you're going to be cut solvent again, and you can play catch up, you know. So it's it's not a solution for everybody. Okay, if you're in like horrible debt right now, credit is not your solution. Your solution is perhaps talking to a credit counselor and finding out what your next moves should be. So during this time, it's difficult, and you asked a wonderful question because, uh, you know, we certainly don't want anyone to get into any worse shape, you know. So if you're asking for credit, that means you see the light at the end of the tunnel, and you just need a little bit of help to bridge you to the other side. How quickly do you think lenders are going to start using the uh, Resilience Index? Uh, I believe it's available right now, but as I mentioned earlier, it's, you know, it's the, the media always gets excited about new scores, and this isn't a score, it's an index, but it's always up to the lender, and they have, you know, they get into habits where they don't like to try new things very often, so this is going to be totally up to them, but as a consumer, it's important to be well-informed about what's available that might help you. So that's why I just I want to talk about this, and I wrote about this in my column um, that, that's coming up. And, you know, it's, it's important to know what your options are, what's out there that can help you. And if you think that this index, you know, let's say you feel like you score well on all the points that we, you and I have talked about, um, you know, you might want to mention that to your lender. Say, well, you know, could you uh, check with a resilience index number and see if that helps my cause? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, don't bring it up if you don't think it will. <laughs> but, you know, the, you know, but if you do think it will, and if you have been a great credit card holder, you know it, okay? If you historically have a great FICO score, you know that uh, about yourself and this might help you. So I just want consumers to be informed and uh, ask the lender about this if you think it might help. How do you find out what your index number is? That is a good question, Carol. And I have not seen anywhere where you can find out exactly what your number is. And it's kind of like getting the FICO score. It's going to be kind of a snapshot, okay, as to, to, you know, what that number is right now. Uh, So I would just say, you know, read up on it, you know, listen to this podcast. Uh, You've done a great job asking really timely questions about this. And you might just have to kind of guess. But if you've had a great FICO score in the past, that's an indication you probably have a good index number. You, you've you differentiated, you, you've said, you know, if this is an index, not a score. What What's the yes. difference? What's the difference between those two things? Okay, the, the FICO score is, um, you know, it's a, it's a well-known number 
uh, that 90% of lenders use to determine if someone is creditworthy. The FICO score, it, uh, you know, it's it's uh, comp- comprised of uh, the uh, the facts that are in your credit report. So let's say a lender wants to uh, get your cre- look at your credit report from Equifax. They also request a FICO score. So Equifax will give them your credit report, um, and they'll provide a FICO uh, score, whatever type of score the lender has asked for. There are many different types of FICO scores and other scores, such as Sandage scores. Uh, So they'll give the lender the type of score they've requested. Now, they will look at that score, and historically that score helps tell them about your creditworthiness. Now, if it's a case where they can see, hey, you were 750 a few months ago, and now you're 680, uh, they might think, I wonder what this person's resilience index number might be to kind of uh, give me an idea if they're actually creditworthy and this is just a recent thing. You know, are they going to bounce back from this? Uh, So they might request the uh, resilience index number. Okay, and the credit bureau will provide that. So it'd be something that is used with the score, not replacing the score. Uh, and I, you know, FICO has also noted that credit bureaus might uh, generate uh, sort of a, you know, amended score, mm-hmm. uh, and that will probably vary. I can't shed much light on that. That will probably vary by uh, credit bureau. You know, they they have their own tools, so you know they'll be able to get your score, your FICO score, whatever other type of credit score they requested, and also um, perhaps use some kind of tool that they have in house to help them determine how accurate that index number is and if you seem like a good credit risk. So the lender uses a lot of different factors, the report, the FICO score, any other analytical tools that are available to them, uh, you know, and they're also going to look at your income on your application, uh, your employment history. So all these things come into play. It's not just one FICO score that will de- or an, an, an analytical tool like the index that will determine your fate <laughs> when you apply for credit. U.S. News & World Report did a survey in late June about anxiety, mm-hmm. financial anxiety, and you guys found out that 41% of us are anxious over our finances because of the pandemic. I, I was actually kind of surprised it wasn't higher than that, but that's a pretty <laughs> significant number. Yes, it is. You know, I thought it would be higher, too. But then I thought, well, that's four out of ten people. And, you know, we have seen a lot of people start to get their livelihoods back over the over the past month or two. Uh, so I, I suspect it's uh, lower than it would have been, say, had we taken this survey a, a month ago. Uh, but, yeah, it, that, that, is a, that is a very, very high number. And, you know, we also asked, what are you stressed about? Um, and 25, more than 25% said they were stressed about, uh, you know, their shrinking savings and investments. And I thought that was pretty significant. I, I, I kind of expected that to be higher. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But, uh, you know, I think that we are seeing, uh, you know, it, it, with investments and IRAs, we're seeing a little bit of that bounce back. So I think that's why only 25% were still worried about that. But, you know, this is just a snapshot in time as well. Uh, so, you know, as the, pan, as the pandemic uh you know, it, it's pick, it seems to be picking up a little speed recently, you know, as we're opening up again. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I think our anxiety might kind of go up and down a little bit as we watch this thing start to, uh, you know, uh, get better as we go along. And hopefully by the end of the summer, uh, you know, 
the economy is going to be bouncing back some. Uh, it looks like we're starting to adjust to working from home. And uh, the schools in my area are now saying that they'll probably start just 100% virtual. Uh, so we're starting to kind of adjust to this new lifestyle. And I think as we get used to things and it becomes habit, stress might come down just a little bit. But again, you know, uh, 21% worry about keeping up with bill payments. And some of this anxiety I mentioned earlier, the CARES Act, that's mm-hmm. about to expire. So there's some people that are, uh, you know, different pockets uh, of the population have different worries. So I think what our survey did was we picked up on a lot of different types of worries people are having. And it depends on their own individual situation. Well, yeah, once the CARE Act expires, I mean, a lot of people, as you mentioned, anxious about that. Mm-hmm. If it does expire and there's not additional help, you know, I would expect that there are going to be a lot of people who need some serious help and who might mm-hmm. financially just kind of go under. I know, I know. Uh, I share your concerns. And, you know, our survey also uh, uncovered that 37% don't even have an emergency fund, not anything, and close to 10% could only cover expenses for one month. And, you know, I know it's not a great time to be talking about the emergency fund, but, you know, if you are starting to bounce back, and I, you know, and I'm sure that part of that 37%, uh, part of the reasons they don't have an emergency fund or it's so low is because perhaps they used it when they lost their jobs. Um, So, I mean, that is something to think about. And if you're in a situation where you can even start saving, you know, $25 a week, do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. It is never, you know, it's, you know, do whatever you can, any little bit you can find, start saving that money. And I, you know, I have a feeling that when Congress comes back and they start working on the next release bill, I have a feeling we're probably going to see, you know, maybe not that full $600, maybe less, but maybe something. Uh, It's too early to tell, but you know, just in case, I think it's best that you just start saving any money you can, you know, and, and I suggest you do, you know, whatever means necessary. You know, if you lost your job and you're still getting unemployment, maybe start a side hustle if you can. Uh, or if you've gone back to work, but now you're paying off some debt, you know, a side hustle is a good thing. Uh, you know, the, the new tax, um, you know, deadline was um, on Wednesday, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're getting a tax refund, that's awesome. And I want you to save that if you possibly can, unless, of course, you have high interest credit card debt. Uh, but you do what you can. Uh, you know, I've also suggested that people, you know, birthdays and holidays, uh, you know, ask for money instead of gifts. You know, <laughs> that might seem a little crass, but, you know, these are difficult times. And if you're younger and you have a big family and you're still getting birthday gifts from parents or, you know, relatives, <laughs> you take advantage of that. Say, hey, you know, I'd appreciate money. <laughs> you know, this is no time to be shy about that. You know, everybody understands. Everybody wants to help each other, I think, too. I, I think in some ways the pandemic has been good because we're th- starting to think about other people and what their needs are. So, you know, uh, don't, be, don't hesitate to ask for what you need right now in terms of money. I appreci- you know, do what it takes. Yeah, I appreciate your optimism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an optimistic person, but I do, I do believe that. I do believe we're all good inside. And uh, sometimes uh, we, we lose touch with that part of ourselves. And, uh, you know, we can help each other through this. Well, that is a perfect note on which to end this. Uh, Beverly, <laughs> thank you so much. As always, we really appreciate your joining us. Thank you. I, uh, I really enjoy talking to you, and I, I love um, being on your show. Thank you. Thanks. And take care. Be well. 
You too. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Carol McKenzie, and we'll have another episode out soon.